0: Are you a professional complainer? Well, God is not happy with complaining. We see that today as he punishes those who complain, his people. We'll talk about that in Numbers chapter 11. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembrick.
1: And I'm Janice.
0: This is Bible Discovery. We are Discovering the Bible. Numbers chapter 11 in three minutes. It's going to be very, very good. And I encourage you to join us and stay there. Corey and Ryan are here. Corey,
2: Did you read Numbers 12 today? And think to yourself, what in the world is happening? We're going to talk about it. (laughs) Ryan? (laughs)
3: All right. Well, it says several times in the Bible that God remembers. But if he remembers, does that then mean he forgets? Well, we're going to explore that idea a little bit later on in the program.
0: Exploring the digital and the, the pontificating about the practical aspects of God. Very good. Janice? Today, complaining. All right. Take out your Bible guide. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 11. Let's begin the study on it and ask the Lord, speak to us as we read your word.
1: Numbers 11, 1 through 13. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Taberah, because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its color like the color of delium. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones or beat it in the mortar, cooked it in pans, and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep all over me, saying, Give us meat that we may eat. Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 13.
0: Numbers chapter 10, 11, 12, and 13 is what we talk about today. Now, are you a complainer? I can be a complainer. That becomes a problem. We're talking about complaining today. The time that Israel spent in the wilderness was challenging, and it did not draw out their best behavior. When we see it all written out, it seems like many of them were professional complainers it seems like they had to begin to think of themselves as customers of God rather than people called to fulfill God's plans. Unfortunately, they complained about God's provision more than they praised him for it. This is still a problem today, isn't it? When God provides in a way that we don't like or want, we are frustrated and frankly, rather than thankful for the provision, that's there, we complain. You see, we are not customers of God. We are his children and the builders of his kingdom. In our reading today, we see a very tough response from God to this complaining, to people who always see something wrong and God expects them to make things right. Our attitudes towards God should not be taken lightly. We should take cues from the book of Psalms that repeatedly tells us, praise the Lord. This gets our attention off ourselves and onto what we know to be true. That we have a God who is good. We have a God who loves us. A God who has prepared us for all of the things we're going to face. That's really important. Take your Bible guide and turn to Numbers chapter 11. As we study this, the books of Moses, the 13 verses we're going to look at here, it's important for us to pray and ask God to teach us, Father, teach us how to be better people, not complainers. And we pray, Lord, that you would do that today. (laughs) We're not your customers, Lord. We're your people. We're your children. We follow you. We don't expect you to do good things for us, but we're thankful that you do good things for us because we don't deserve good. We deserve destruction, but Jesus Christ has given us good. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, help us today to take these attitudes and put them into our heart, not to take our attitudes and apply them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, with that in mind, we go straight to Numbers chapter 11. Now, when the people complained, they complained. It displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed some in their outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Tibera, because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. Boy, listen to that. The fire of the Lord burned against those who complain. Understand what this says. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We must always learn to praise God. Now, if I take my Bible and I go to the center here, I see a book called P-S-A-L-M-S. Psalms, music. It's not just music. I read it. In fact, I I go, for example, to Psalm 117 and I look at it and I see something very interesting. I don't know if you ever have. This is the shortest book in the Bible. And Psalm 117 is absolutely fascinating. It says, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Not all you Jewish people, not all this people or that people, Gentiles, all of us. Praise the Lord. It says, for his merciful kindness is a great towards us and the earth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. There's 150 chapters in Psalms about that. We need to learn to be grateful. We need to learn to praise the Lord, even in the midst of great destruction and terror. We pray and we don't come away from the prayer with more sorrow. We come away with contentment because we know the Lord will answer the prayer. Very important we read on now the mixed multitude who were among them or who were among the yielded them yielded intense to the intense craving so the children of israel also wept again and said who will give us meat to eat we remember the fish we ate freely in egypt the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic but now Our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this this manna before us, which is a miracle of God, by the way. Now the manna was like coriander seed and its color like the color of delum. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones or beat it in the mortar, cooked it in pans and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry, Prepared with oil. This is manna. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. God had provided the people yielded to their internal cravings. As Christians, we must not be mastered by our bodies or our fleshly desire, our sin. Beloved, now there were people, other people with Israel in the wilderness. But let's understand that God is saying something to us today. May we not be mastered by that. May we we always learn to rise ourselves above the complaining and all of that and begin to praise God. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be awesome. God turn us into praisers. Well, then it says in verse 10, Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout all of their families, everyone at the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of these people on me? Did I conceive all of these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom? as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to your fathers or to their fathers, where I am to get meal for these people. For they weep all over me saying, give us meat that we may eat. Moses couldn't bear the complaining Israelites either. (laughs) Now listen carefully. Our pastors and our leaders feel the weight of our attitudes towards God. We all need to trust God deeply. Our pastors, our leaders, our board members, feel the weight of the complaints as people, people of God, people in the church that we have. We need to learn how to praise the Lord. Father, help us in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, change our attitudes. We don't want to come up with 50 reasons why something's wrong, why this isn't right or that's right, it doesn't make me feel good. We need to say, praise the Lord. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name, to learn the art of not being a customer, but the art of being a child of God, satisfied completely with your amazing provision.
3: Okay, so today our reading is Numbers chapters 10 through 13, and I want to focus specifically on chapter 10, verse 9. And it says, When you, Israel, go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. So in this verse, Israel is promised that they will be remembered before the Lord when they blow the trumpets. Now there are a lot of times in the Bible where God uh, where it says that God remembers. And many times this remembering involves miraculous births which of course we were talking about on yesterday's program. And the question is if God remembers then does that mean that he forgets? Well to help us answer that question let's look at five times in scripture where God remembers. Hi friends, it's Ryan Hembra here and the topic of today's video is does God forget? Well, it's a really interesting question, so grab your Bibles, and let's go. All right, so throughout the Bible, there are some occasions where we're told that God remembers. But if God remembers, does that then mean he forgets? Well, as the Apostle Paul would say, certainly not. It's impossible for the creator of the universe to forget anything. So what then? Well, unlike our modern Western concept of remembering, in Scripture and Hebrew thought, remembrance isn't linked to forgetfulness, but rather to action. And to illustrate this, let's look at five times God remembers and then acts in Scripture. Number one, Genesis 8-1. This is the Bible's very first use of the Hebrew verb remember, and here God remembers Noah and the passengers stranded on the ark in the midst of the flood. God never forgot about Noah, but God's remembrance is connected to his act, which was to drain the floodwaters from the earth. Number 2, Genesis 30:22. After the barren Rachel watched her older sister bear six sons and a daughter, God remembers Rachel and Acts by opening her womb and giving her her first son, Joseph. Number 3, 1 Samuel 1, 19. In this passage, we have another example of barrenness. And just as God remembered Rachel and opened her womb, He also remembered Hannah and did likewise. As a matter of fact, there are several scenes in the Bible just like this, in which God intervenes miraculously to produce a deliverer or leader for His people. As we saw, Rachel had Joseph, who delivered his people from famine, and Hannah had Samuel, who became one of the greatest leaders Israel had ever seen and known. And when we get to the New Testament, we see this very theme continued. Check it out. Number four, Luke chapter one. In this passage, Zechariah and Elizabeth are childless, and they're well advanced in age and way beyond childbearing years. Just like Abraham and Sarah of old, they long for a child and God delivers. And like the other miraculous births in the Bible, their son John the Baptist would play a critical role in God's plan to bless and restore humanity. God had promised centuries earlier through his prophets Isaiah and Malachi that there would be a herald that would come before the Messiah to prepare his way and to make his path straight. Here in Luke chapter 1, God remembers that promise and remembers the prayers of Zachariah and Elizabeth and acts by opening her womb. And what's amazing is that all these scenes of miraculous births point to and prefigure Jesus Christ, the ultimate deliverer. And that's the fifth and greatest example of God remembering and acting. Beginning all the way back in Genesis 3.15, God promised a savior that would deliver humanity from the ravages of sin and death. And in the New Testament, we see how God remembers that promise and acts on it by bringing forth Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. So anyone who puts their trust on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So be encouraged today, friends. God hasn't forgotten about you. On the contrary, God remembered you and acted to restore you to himself. The only question now is, will you act and choose to accept this free gift of God? So, as you can see, God's remembrance isn't linked to forgetfulness, but rather to action. God never forgets. God always makes good on his promises. And if you want to go more in depth on this topic, then I really want to recommend that you head on over to my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Ryan Hembry, because there you'll find the uncut version of this video where I give not five, but 10 examples in the Bible where God remembers and then acts. So make sure to check that out. Also make sure to subscribe and click that notification bell so that you'll be notified the instant that I upload a new video. And also please remember to share these videos with your friends and family because we really want to spread the good news of Jesus Christ as far and as wide as we can.
0: Yes, it's true. And of course, I have a, a YouTube channel, Pastor Rod Hembry, that's our channel. Corey has a YouTube channel, Corey Babetsko, and that's very important. So Corey...
2: Numbers 12. What in the world? As if Moses didn't have enough to deal with. Now his own sister and brother have opposed him. What is going on here? What do they mean by Moses' Cushite wife? What was the real issue that Aaron and Miriam had with Moses? And what's the deal with Miriam temporarily contracting leprosy? Let's get into it. All right. So Moses' Cushite wife. Who was this? Well, there's only two options. Either they mean Zipporah by this, or Moses had another wife. Maybe Zipporah died and, and he married, uh, from the, from the other people groups that, uh, came out of Egypt with Israel. If you go back to Exodus 13, you'll see that a bunch of people groups came out with Israel, not just Israelites. There was people who who went with them. So uh, it, it's possible that it was poor, and they were just using Cushite kind of like as a derogatory uh, term. Not that there was anything wrong with being a Cushite, but we're gonna talk about why it would have been bad to be a Cushite at this particular moment. Because in Habakkuk 3, verse 7, the prophet Habakkuk ties Kushan. Cushan with Midianites. So it's possible that there is a reference here. And so they're just kind of lumping Zipporah here uh, with Cush. But it's also possible that maybe she died and Moses married another woman from uh, among the people groups who came out with Israel. We just don't know. But it doesn't really matter uh, if this was Zipporah or another woman, because what matters is the timing. Aaron and Miriam chose their timing very well. We have just been told in Numbers chapter 11 that it was the other people groups that came up with Israel that began the complaining against God that brought a huge punishment onto the people of Israel, right? Uh, In Numbers 11 verse four, it says, now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving and the people of Israel also wept and said, oh, that we had meat to eat. So it was the other people groups that had come up with them, not just the native uh, Israelites, uh, the descendants of Abraham, that they had begun that complaining. So it's a good time when all of these nations are kind of on the hot seat. It's a good time to be picking on them. So Aaron, uh, Miriam and Aaron have chosen uh, their timing right. But it really wasn't about Moses's wife, was it? It really wasn't about that. When we see in verse two, verse two of Numbers 12 says, and they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And I mean, this was true. Miriam was a prophet. We're told that she was, um, a prophet in Exodus 20 verse 15. I was just finding my reference there. So God had spoken to Miriam and through Miriam to the Israelites. And we've given, we're given multiple examples, uh, throughout the the books of the law where God speaks directly to Aaron, right? Now, verse three of Numbers chapter 12 then contrasts Moses, right? It says, Moses is the most humble man on the face of the earth, which we're probably supposed to take, um, probably supposed to take as Moses's attitude. Like he thought Miriam and Aaron were actually right. Like, yeah, I'm not qualified for this role. I didn't want this. I tried to push this away. I don't really want this role, right? But then God speaks, doesn't he? He speaks and he says, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Mm, so he says to them, yes, I do speak to you, Miriam and Aaron, prophet and high priest, but I speak to Moses differently and I have chosen him as my leader of Israel. Yikes, wouldn't have wanted have been there. But okay, so then... When God's presence leaves, Miriam has leprosy. Now, this tells us that she was probably the, the pushing factor here. You know, she, she was really like, Aaron, let's go. This is our good time. Uh, and it's really interesting because her punishment of leprosy, I mean, of course, it gets taken away because Moses prays for her, another humbling moment for Miriam and and it goes away. But this striking with leprosy sets a precedent in the Old Testament, which I think is really interesting. It sets a precedent that when someone usurps authority based on their own pride, this is an apt punishment. Miriam the prophet, pride equals, she tries to usurp Moses' authority. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, Perhaps he's training to become the next prophet in 2 Kings 5. He usurps Elisha's authority and he gets what? Leprosy. And then King Uzziah, also known as Azariah, the king of Judah, he gets proud and he offers incense in the temple. And what does he get? Leprosy where his crown goes. Right here. So it sets this, this precedent of when you try to usurp authority based on your pride, this is a fitting punishment Yikes. I hope that helps clear up Numbers 12, at least some of the issues.
0: Wow. That's intense. <laughs> it Very is. good. Yeah, it really is. Okay, Janice.
1: Well, complaining. And you started the program off by talking about complaining. And and this is what we see in this chapters, Numbers 11. Uh, the, the, the people are complaining. They're complaining about their hardships. They're complaining about their food. They're grumbling to Moses. What is this manna? Look at what we had back in Egypt. We want meat. We we, we had cucumbers. We had this. We had that. Let's think about it for a minute. They were also in slavery. But how many of us complain and grumble about the situations that we may be in? And it goes beyond just complaining because Rod, you live with me. You know there are times when I complain. We complain to each other. We do. We do because we're human mm. and we do complain. But that doesn't make it right. Mm. Especially, you know, there there are things that we can complain about, like you know, the cost of food rising or or gas prices rising or or things like that. Human things that we kind of crab about, we wish it wasn't like that, or we wish it wasn't raining today, or we wish it was snowy for Christmas. We we complain about things like that, but when we get down to the nitty-gritty about our lives in Christ Jesus and what he has done for us, and this is a moment in time with the Israelites when they had forgotten where God had brought them from. He released them from slavery, from the bondage that they were in. And they had so quickly forgotten about that. And we can too, can't we? Sometimes we can forget about what God has done for us. He has given us life. He has taken the punishment of sin away from us and given us the gift of eternal life that when we pass from this body, we're gonna be with him in paradise. That's something to be joyful about. You know, we can, we can read about being joyful. Paul talks about being united and joyful and being in prayer by focusing on things that are good having our minds set on things that are above in Philippians 4. I want to read something. I I spoke at a lady's breakfast a while back, and we were talking about being light bearers. We were talking about being light. And there was a verse that we paused on for a bit, and I'm running out of time. So it's Philippians 2, verse 14. Listen to this, light bearers, Christ followers. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Oh, "...that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world." Let's be light bearers. Let's not be the complainers. Let's be the ones that bring people to the hope. Hope has a name. It's Jesus.
0: Thank you so much for being a part of giving to this ministry. We want to thank you for that. It's very, very important. And we want to praise God for helping us and using you and helping us to be able to provide for it. Now, we need to pray for February that God would help us in this economy and everything else. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would help everybody in the midst of this economy of wars and everything happening. Help us, Lord, to serve you and we praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen.